0: Because then I know it's time to get into it right here on No Name Defense, Miami Dolphins podcast. Welcome in. It's Dina right here, Ryan Mackey right over there. We are ready to talk once again about your Miami Dolphins. And if they're not your Miami Dolph- Dolphins, well then screw you because we're still talking about the Dolphins. Because it is a Dolphins podcast. So welcome in. A lot
1: to get to here on this. Uh, geez, we're in mid-June now, Mackey. How are you, sir? Doing great, Diener, and it's great to be back. Last week was it was the first of, of many episodes for this Miami Dolphins podcast. A lot for the fans to be excited about. It's funny because my fiance was like she she overheard us just screaming and yeah. yelling in here, yeah, uh, sh- sh- and she was like, "What's going on? It's it seems like you've shown more enthusiasm about this Dolphins podcast than your own son being born." <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen. It's the dolphins. They have that effect on us.
0: Okay, that's, that's right. That's all. There's a lot of pent up aggression and excitement that we're waiting to get out. So, any chance for us to get excited, uh, we 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 get excited. So, that's <laughs> right. That's part of the fun. But no, a lot to get into here today, Mackie. And you know, actually, we can jump right into it because last week, on uh, to kind of reintroduce everyone to the podcast it was more of like you know a recap of the off season where we left off how the season last year went and everything happened with Brian Flores and where we are now with Mike McDaniel and Tua and Tyreek Hill and now I think we can kind of start getting into as we are more into like you know the mandatory mini camp season um, training camp is about four weeks away give or take and before you know it preseason will be here, we'll be playing the Hall of Fame game and have those preseason games and then it's time for the real deal. So, Oh yeah. going to be taking you all through those steps and today we'll start actually with Tyreek Hill. Um because can I tell just tell you something? Let's hear it. I am so excited for many reasons to have Tyreek Hill on this team. Right? For the obvious reasons, of course, because he's the most dynamic player in the NFL, I think. There's a lot of dynamic players, but I believe he is the guy. Um, you know, what what he can do with Tua, what he can do with Mike McDaniel's offense, all these things, right? The, the potential that he brings to this team as far as a winning record and success for this franchise is concerned. But I'm also excited because of what we do, the yes. talking head gas bags that we are, <laughs> that this guy is on the Dolphins and he is just a content treasure trove. He goes out... And does his own podcast. He's giving us literal material. Gives us audio. It's like it's like he's saying, Hey Mackie, hey Deaner, here's audio that you can use in your podcast next week. And it's just it's beautiful. So obviously I'm excited as a fan to have him on the team, but as a talking head gas bag, there is nothing better to have a guy who is just a, a, a content treasure like Tyree Kill and what, what he's become here in the offseason. It, it's it's a beautiful thing.
1: It's it's almost like he's another co-host to this yes, show. Yes.
0: Yes. He's a producer. <laughs> he, is. he
1: is. So, so thank thank you Cheetah. Yes. We, we we appreciate it. Yes, thank you indeed.
0: So if you <laughs> aren't sure what we're talking about I'll, I'll get into it here he has a podcast right that he does with uh another guy and kind of he presents tyreek the questions and they kind of conversations back to back and forth and they've talked about his time in kansas city and why he left and you know talking about how many targets he got things like that you know his reasons why he wasn't happy but one of the things they talked about was the inevitable tua right who would you rather have and you'll hear that here in the first clip and if you haven't heard it over the past few days even if you have, here's here's the clip. Who would you rather have, Tua or Pat Mahomes? And before I play it, Mackie, okay, I want to say, kind of lead into it here, there's been so much made about this clip over the past five days that it's just complete fake news. The narrative that has come out from this clip is just total garbage. So first I'll play it and then we'll get into it.
2: Tua or Patrick Mahomes, obviously, like, I'm I'm going to go with 1-5 as the, the strongest arm. But as far as accuracy-wise, I'm going with Tua all day. So which one would you rather have? The deep ball where you got to scramble around the field to try to go find it? Or nah. do you want that accuracy to hit you right in the bread basket on the run? I want it to hit me right in the bread basket just like I did in the Buffalo Bills game and take it 70.
0: All right, so let's take it from there. Listen to what he said, Okay. Pay attention to what he said. He didn't say I would. I think Tua is a better quarterback than Pat Mahomes. Because as much as you and I have been Tua defenders, we can both agree. I think that Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than Tua, and I don't think it's a very controversial thing to say, right?
1: Right, by far, nobody is saying that he's a better quarterback. But there's there's a difference in what Tyreek Hill is trying to say, right? And
0: then what his difference is, and again, another thing that I will not disagree with is that Tyreek or that uh, Pat Mahomes has a stronger arm than Tua. Pat Mahomes has a stronger arm than 30 of the other quarterbacks in the league, okay? So that's not a knock on Tua. It's no. just that Pat Mahomes literally has one of the strongest arms in the NFL. So that you can put him up against almost anybody and say that he has a stronger arm than X, Y, and Z because he's Patrick Mahomes. So that's not a knock on Tua. Again, a statement that was correct. The thing that people are missing... Maybe intentionally or or intentionally, okay, or or, or, or uh, unintentionally. I don't know, but I think sometimes, in most cases of the national sports media, they are missing this intentionally because it's scandalous for them. It's something sexy that they can use for headlines and clips and and, and clicks. And that is, Tua says or or, or, or Tyreek says that Tua is a better quarterback than Mahomes. No, what he was saying was is that if he's looking for an accurate quarterback then he's taking Tua all day because he's one of the most accurate passers in the league and Mackie that is a true statement that's not even an opinion it is a statistical fact that Tua is more accurate than Pat Mahomes and by the way under more pressure he had less time to throw than Pat Mahomes and statistically speaking it is a fact was more accurate than Pat Mahomes so Where is Tyreek wrong here? Why was that such a controversial controversial statement for people?
1: I think the media is just trying to grab this little clip that Tyreek is saying and blow it way out of proportion. There's nothing wrong with saying that Tua is a more accurate quarterback. When you're talking about a a star power level, yes, Tua isn't on Patrick Mahomes' level. As you mentioned, Deaner, he has has one of the strongest arms in the NFL, if not the strongest arm in the NFL. And there were a lot of things that Over the last six years, that he and Tua did, excuse me, that he and Tyreek did on the field that were special. A lot of ad libbing, a lot of freelancing on the field. And you would see Tyreek Hill change the route mid route, and Patrick Mahomes would air it out to him 50 or 60 yards. But in terms of passing, uh, whether it's short, intermediate, Tua is the more accurate quarterback because Patrick Mahomes tends to take more of those chances, which is also remarkable considering that. Tua didn't have as good of an an offensive line. He didn't have as much time to throw, as you mentioned, as Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes. So the fact that Tua inside the numbers can be a little bit more accurate than Patrick Mahomes, this is just Tyreek Hill standing up for his guy. And that's what it is. I'm glad you said that because I'll play the the next clip here from uh, his
0: podcast a few days ago where not only is he standing up for Tua, but he's also trying, I think, to open some eyes onto what Tua really is. Right. So... We'll play this. It's kind of long, so bear with us. But he he kind of covers a lot of ground here. So here is uh, Tyreek talking about Tua and maybe some things that, you know, aren't mentioned enough
2: about him. He's that dude, bro. Like, what <laughs> a lot of people don't have? know. Like, I'm not, I'm not just sitting here just saying this because he's my quarterback now. What I'm trying to say is Tua is that deal, bro. He has an arm. He, bro, he has a heck of an arm, bro. He's accurate. He can throw the deep ball, and he actually goes through his reads. What, what people are like on Twitter, are like saying, "Oh, he doesn't go through his reads." Man, this dude, that dude. So, which I know this team will go very far mm-hmm. because, man, I've I've had a chance to see Tua throw the ball.
0: All right, so I was taking notes there, Mackie. I don't know about you, but <laughs> I was taking notes because he covered a lot of ground. He did, and I, I think number one, like you said. This wasn't a—let's just get off right here because this is something I heard over the past few days. This is not a T.O. crying about Tony—that's my quarterback. No. (laughs) What he's doing here was he he was just talking about things that people get wrong about Tua. Again— intentionally or unintentionally, because maybe you're just uninformed. Maybe you just go to those clickbait articles, and you're like, oh, wow, Tua, okay, I guess I should believe when I'm reading about him. But what Tyreek is pointing out there is that this is a guy who does go through his reads. This is a guy who does have a very strong arm, which, again, I don't know why that's so hard for people to grasp. You saw it in Alabama before the injury. You saw it last year for the Dolphins. He was throwing 50, 60-yard passes. So I, I... it's just mind-boggling to me why people still have a hard time grasping that, that he has a strong arm. So Tyreek covered a lot there, and I think the biggest thing, and, and you, you said this, Mackie, off the air before we came on, is that he's standing up for his guy. He's, he's putting it out there, and he's saying, and even Tyreek said this, he's saying what needed to be said. And that the, the truth about Tua, which is he can throw, he goes through his reads, he's incredibly accurate, again, statistical fact, top five accurate quarterback in the league, so all these things that people just choose to ignore for whatever reason, and Tyreek stood up on his podcast and made sure people knew about it.
1: We also played the clip last week where Tua was saying that Tua is 10 times Matt Moore, and he right. still had 150 yards <laughs> receiving and a touchdown against the Minnesota Vikings right. when Matt Moore was starting quarterback. So if he could do produce those numbers, imagine what Tua can do with a little help, a little belief, more protection, and more weapons in this offense. Yes,
0: exactly. And, well, again, nice uh, segue there, Mr. Ryan Mackey, because here's the last <laughs> clip from Tyreek, and he's talking about, well, exactly that, the additions to this offense, and what do I mean for this team?
2: Once you got Mike McDaniel calling plays, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, Chase Chase Edmonds, you got Cheeto on this side, and you got Mike G right here on, on the tight end. Come on, man! Two are throwing, spinning the ball. Right. It don't, it don't, it don't get no, it don't get no better. Than-
0: that gets you excited, doesn't it?
1: Oh, God, I-, I mean,
0: thinking about those guys, Chase Edmonds and all these guys. I mean, Mostert. I mean, you know how familiar McDaniel is to you, but you know, to use Mostert and then Gasecki. I mean, oh. It's just, it gets me so excited to think about what this offense can be. And I'm glad we're not the only ones. The players think about it too.
1: Uh, We're all salivating over this, over what this offense could be. We talked about it last week, the mismatches on how many mismatches are going to be on the field because of the creativity of a Mike McDaniel offense. And now we're just eking, we're inching closer. We're less than a hundred days away from the start of the regular season. And I know we're all excited to see this offense and well, this entire team, finally produce, and finally get to where we need to be. And you know what? I think you're going to have more
0: than one guy going in fantasy drafts this year because last year it was Jalen Waddle, right? And Tua was taken late rounds. You know, he had a a few games where people were trying to pick him up, and you know, especially later on in the season when they went on that huge win streak. But Jalen Waddle was pretty much the only guy, and, and Gusecki, were, that were taken in fantasy drafts last year. Now the Dolphins, I think, are going to be hot in fantasy this year. I mean, where do you think Tua uh, is kind of off off subject here? But where do you think Tua goes in fantasy drafts this year? I mean, having Waddle and Hill and all these guys that you heard, you know, Tyreek mentioned there in in, in the
1: club. I'll say this: it's disgusting to see where Tua is going right now <laughs> in fantasy drafts. It really, is a complete embarrassment. Right have you now, done mocks? I haven't done right, any mocks so- yet. I, I've done a couple mocks, and right now Tyreek Hill, I believe, is the thirteenth ranked player out of, out of out of everybody. Wow, that's out, out of the, the
0: first round in a standard twelve-team league.
1: Right, that's not too big of a drop off, though, considering that he's going from Mahomes to Tua. Uh, Jalen Waddle, you have him right around um, the second or third round. Depending on second want. Yeah. yeah. Right, depending on where you want to take him. If you're in a PPR league, you got to jump all over oh, Jalen yeah. Waddle standard scoring uh you might have to draft him in the 3rd or 4th round but still he should be a dynamic playmaker but tua listen to where tua no. is going right now the disrespect carries over to fantasy doesn't it it does his projection is around pick 140 to 150 the 14 oh, or 15 the 13th or to 15th round for tua they're only listing him as a backup quarterback right now oh
0: that's it what are people taking greg Zurline over tua <laughs> like what are we doing greg the leg come on are you kidding me? You have all these guys. Who's? Okay. See, this is what I don't get about the way that that people think with this stuff. Tyreek, the names you just mentioned, right? Tyreek yes. Hill, 13th overall rank player. Jalen Waddle going in the second or the third round. Gusecki's going to be a top 10 tight end. For sure. Who do you think is throwing them the ball? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Are they just this... catching it out of thin air? I mean, is this Tom Morstead throwing them the ball? No. <laughs> Tua throwing them the ball. So if you're taking all those guys in the first few rounds, why would you not want Tua as one of the main quarterbacks taken in the first, you know, eight rounds? Someone's got to throw him the ball, and it's Tua. What am I missing? Something?
1: I, I well, brace yourself, Deener, because even Trevor Lawrence is rated higher no. than Tua right now. Sunshine. Oh. Sunshine. Oh my Sunshine gosh. on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, a, a team that has been drafting in the top five what it feels like for the last 10 years wow. has, has Trevor Lawrence rated higher than Tua right now in fantasy football. And
0: he was awful last year, which, by the way, does not get talked about enough. I'm not hating on Trevor Lawrence by any means. I like the guy. He's a nice guy. I'm rooting for him personally to succeed in the NFL because I thought he was incredible at mm-hmm. Clemson. So I, I do want him to see him do well. But it doesn't get talked about enough that he was not good. No, like, at all awful. in his rookie season.
1: Awful. And I know that he had about two or three seconds to throw pretty much every snap. I get but, that because that was the Tua syndrome, too. But it doesn't excuse the fact that Tua is being rated nationally so low on in real perspective and a fantasy's perspective. It's insane. And, well, this is what I'm t- telling all of you. And if you're big fantasy players and if you want to make some money this year, please s- don't sleep on Tua. Don't let me get my pillow out. Please take Tua— now, I wouldn't say as early as possible, but if you want to reach for Tua somewhere in the, the 10th or 11th round and you need a quarterback, if you want to fill other positions of need like running back, wide receiver and tight end, fill those holes first. There's nothing wrong with taking Tua late. I think that he could lead many people to a fantasy championship.
0: He's a huge sleeper quarterback for me this year because, again, someone's got to throw all those guys who are going to get it. Matt, uh, Mackie, yeah, you're on the Dolphins. Tyreek. <laughs> Waddle, Gusecki, I mean, not to mention guys like Cedric Wilson and, and Chase Edmonds and Mostert, you know, catching in the backfield as far as running backs go, which we'll get to in a second with all the added talent that we didn't get to last week. So, But those guys are going to be getting points. So, again, what about the guy who's getting them the ball to get those points? So, why would you not want... To uh, as a top 10 quarterback. I mean, I would think he's a top 10 quarterback to me in fantasy this year just because of
1: the weapons he has around him. Am I nuts? No. What's unreal is Preston Williams, who was a starting right. receiver on this team last year, is listed as a fourth string wide receiver. Wow. So it just yeah. goes to show you that what was once one of the weaker part of our teams is now one of the strongest receiving cores in the NFL, and Tua can only be the biggest benefactor of that.
0: All right, so let's talk about this real quick. Again, this is off script, but I think it's an interesting conversation. Sure. Ten, right? I said top ten, so I know someone's going to challenge me and say, well, oh, okay, name them then. Name them, Diener. Top <laughs> ten. All right, right I will. So let's try it, okay? Just off the top of our heads here. In top ten, I do not... Okay, I'm going to start with who I do not put in there. I do not put Aaron Rodgers in there this year. Who is okay. he thrown to? Devontae's gone. I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers is a bad quarterback. Obviously, he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but he's not a top-ten quarterback for me in fantasy this year because, again, it comes down to who you have
1: around you, right? I, I, so, I certainly don't think it's going to be Alan Lazard that's going to have <laughs> Devontae Adams' numbers. I
0: mean, hello. So, okay, so I'm not putting Aaron Rodgers in there, so let's get that out of the way. Um, I, Tom Brady's in there. Again, yes. I mean a lot of returning talent—Evans and Godwin and all those guys. I mean, I know there's some injuries, but they'll—they'll they'll be back. Yeah, I think Derek Carr, okay, Devonte sure. Adams, and of course, I mean all the other talent that they have going on there, yes. tight end and wide receiver.
1: Right, Renfro and
0: right, exactly.
1: Tyler, Tyler Renfro's in for a a big year, and yeah. we're we're gonna we're gonna see it.
0: And then you got Joe Burrow. Okay, he's top ten. I'm not going to any particular order here. I'm just trying to see if I can name ten other quarterbacks who I would take over Tua, Josh Allen. I question whether or not Lamar Jackson, again, because extremely talented, great quarterback. I, for the record, I love Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I know there's that's that's a, a kind of a polarizing subject as well, like Tua is, but I love him as a quarterback. I think he's great, but I. Don't think I want to take him in fantasy just
1: because, again, who are you throwing to? Who's around you? That offense has a lot of questions. And not to forget, they just traded um, Hollywood Brown to the Arizona Cardinals, Who he and now Lamar loses his big play threat.
0: Right. I still, I still take Pat Mahomes in the top 10, even though you lose Tyreek. And sure. you still have Kelsey, and he's an incredibly talented quarterback, so they're going to have other talent there. And then, I mean, who— who else Justin, do you want Her- to name? Justin, Her- Justin Herbert. Herbert goes in there because of who he has around him. right? He's, and he is a good quarterback. I know I hated him all the time because of the discussion between him and Tua. But he is top 10 for fantasy. So what is that? Maybe six? Yeah, okay. we're, at, we're at six. So, I mean, I, I'm not taking Matt Ryan. I'm just going through divisions here in my head. No, I'm not no. taking Deshaun Watson because I don't know if he's going to play. No. Okay. Maybe Baker Mayfield ends up in Carolina. I'm not taking him. I'm not taking nope. Zach Wilson. I said Josh Allen already. So I mean
1: Russell, Russell Wilson.
0: Russell, yeah, he could be good on the Broncos. That would be seven. I'm not taking Mac Jones in the top ten. No. Okay. I'm not taking uh who, who? Carson Wentz. Not taking no. Carson Wentz. <laughs> no, okay?
1: definitely not Carson. So
0: I mean, you start thinking about all these different quarterbacks, and maybe I, I would put Stafford in there. Okay. Yeah. With Cooper Cup, so that's eight. For sure. So I mean, we start to approach ten. I, I, you, you go through all these names. Tua's top ten for me. Now he yeah, might be I, nine or ten, but he's right there
1: again because of the weapons he has around him. We project Tua to be one of the mentions for comeback player of the year yes. this season. We have super high expectations for him on in the NFL this season. This this will be his best season as a pro by yes. far, as, as long as he could stay healthy. I think he wins so,
0: most improved.
1: So, from a fantasy aspect, you have to say that Tua, by far, if you can take him anywhere between the tenth and twelfth round, any anything lower than that is is a complete steal. So, yes, he should by far be a top ten fantasy quarterback. Just crazy. I wouldn't even. Man. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even question it.
0: Just crazy. So let me. I'll get back on on track here because it's just nuts one, to me. One
1: one other we didn't mention was Dak Prescott.
0: See, I don't think I put Dak in the top ten. I'm not sure. He's he's one of those like Lamar
1: Jackson for me, where I'm like, I don't know. What, ab- what about Jalen Hurts with the addition of AJ Brown, and his running ability? He's very intriguing. See, those are bubble guys for me. Yeah. You know, me too. Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott.
0: Listen, they put up, Dak had a great season last year, and he put up a lot of good fantasy numbers. Not the whole year, yeah. But he did put up good fantasy numbers. So again, but these are kind of like they're just they're on the bubble. You know what yes. I mean? So I, you can make arguments for all those guys, but when you look at the talent that each team has for each quarterback, I think Tua belongs in there. Hundred percent, I'm with. But you. hey, if you want to keep sleeping on him, then that's fine. I'll take Tua in in the eighth round, and I'll be happy as a clam. Okay, for sure. <laughs> I'm fine with that. So actually, so speaking of that, and the talent that it, you know Tua does have around him, and you heard Tyreek mention it in the clip that we played earlier, some of these things that people aren't not talking about with the Dolphins. Things like offensive line, how much they improve there, how they improve the running game. I mean, so what? Uh, take, take that, Mackie, and kind of just maybe expand on that and talk about some of the things people are missing. Because of the conversation, and it does for us too, centers a, a lot around the sexy names like Tua, like Tyreek, like Jalen Waddell. But then you have some of these other pieces in the background that
1: the Dolphins have been able to improve on that don't get mentioned a lot. Well, the Dolphins went pretty heavy in free agency to improve their running back room. You have a, a loaded running back room of, of household names. They went out and they signed Raheem Mostert, who's coming off a, a knee cartilage issue. Um, it wasn't an ACL tear, but he had uh, torn a, a little bit of a, a tear in his knee cartilage, which caused him to miss the, the rest of the regular season. But... Mike McDaniel bring, brings him in because of his experience in the 49er offense. And I just read a report today that the Sun Sentinel said that Raheem Mostert is inches away from being 100%. So that oh. is exciting, exciting news for as we enter training camp. People forget also, how good he was. <laughs> Right when healthy, I mean, Man. this is one of the most dynamic backs and one of the faster backs in, in the NFL. This is a guy that can run, has four three, four four speed. So one missed tackle, as we talked about, many components in this offense could turn a, a five yard gain into a sixty yard touchdown. He just real quick too, he was
0: one of the the main, well, not main, but he was one of like their secret weapons as to why they went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, San Francisco, yes. I mean, when they, they played were- Pat Mahomes and Tyree Kill. In, in the Super Bowl down here in Miami. So, I mean, he was a huge part of that offense
1: that people go like, oh, gosh, how do we stop this guy? <laughs> a- absolutely. And moving on, uh, continue to address the running back room in free agency by getting Chase Edmonds. And this is a guy that I'm extremely excited about. Last year, uh, excuse me, last week when I asked you, Diener, mm-hmm. uh in the two-minute drill, well, now that we're calling it, we're, we're newly dubbing it the, the pick we six. We name, yes. Pick six. We changed- We changed the name because we're allowed to do that. This is our show. That's right. That'll be at the (laughs) Um, end. You mentioned that you don't expect the Dolphins to have a 1,000-yard rusher um, this season, but you do expect them to have a 1,000-yard receiver, and I'm assuming that you're talking about Chase Edmonds.
0: Yes, Chase Edmonds would be the guy. And even, I mean, I think that's going to be the focal point of this offense. When it comes to a run game aspect, the focal point is not going to be running between the tackles. I think McDaniel is a forward thinker. He's showing us that he is, and how he can create space, and how he has offensive schemes. So he's not your three yards in a cloud of dust type guy. And because of that, I think you're going to see type of, kind of like a, uh, what do you want to say? Uh, a hybrid version of a run game, which is yes. going to be kind of what we saw with Debo Samuel last exactly. year. Exactly. A lot of passes out of the backfield, swing passes, you know, little uh, flare passes. These, you know, maybe some wheel routes that where you can give it to a guy almost like a glorified toss play. OK, and it, or, and so you're, I think you're going to see a lot of that where, yeah, they're going to start from behind the line of scrimmage. But these are going to be passes where you're now creating all this space. So it's not going to be, you know, your normal halfback counter up the four hole. It's, it's going to be a lot of swings and tosses and, and things like that where they're going to be getting a lot of receiving yards and creating gains that way.
1: Instead it's of funny. your normal handoffs. Exactly. It's funny because there's this common conception that you have to run the ball down a team's throat 30 to 40 times in a game to win it. It's not necessarily true because when you have dual re- receiving backs, guys like Chase Edmonds, guys like Raheem Mostert, they catch the ball and they, they do it very well. Get they, those guys in made, space. They've made a career out of it. Make right. Exactly. Get those guys in space. Take some pressure off your offensive lineman. There's nothing wrong with a four- or five-yard dunk and extending the play. Exactly. Still four or five yards. So that's it. And now, not to say Chase Edmonds cannot
0: run between the tackles because he right. has, and he can, so he definitely has that capability, and so does
1: Mostert. But their their talent lies where you can give them space and let them create. And another exciting thing about Chase Edmonds is that he had a career high in yards per carry. Averaged 5.1 yards per carry Great. last season for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, he was... And that's- He's That's fantastic. Huge. Oh my gosh, yes. So I think I, that is gonna be one of the big things you see from them. And then going over the other the other addition that the Dolphins made, which a lot of people were scratching their head because they didn't they because they made the signing to this player, but the the Dolphins went out and signed Sony Michelle, mm. a guy that played for the Los Angeles, the Super Bowl champion Rams last right. season, also won a title with the New England Patriots. And one of the things that McDaniel said is we had to jump on this guy because of his versatility and because he comes from a championship background
0: right No, I'm all in on that and I like you said there was some mixed reaction when they signed Sony Michelle, but I love it because he's a, I mean he's a hard nosed player. you talk about a guy who doesn't mind contact he can block out of the backfield he will run up the middle try to get you those one you know two yards whatever it might be. I think he's a perfect combination of almost like a thunder and lightning type of thing. You know, where he, I mean, he, he can he can do either one, but if you want him to be thunder, he can be.
1: He did, and he impressed highly. Uh, Cam Akers was lost for the majority mm-hmm. uh, of the season last year. Daryl Henderson was in and out of the lineup, so in comes Sony Michelle, uh, coming from that Patriots background, and he ran for 845 yards last season, led the Rams in rushing, and now he brings that hard nose, hard yards. Ability to yep. the Miami Dolphins, and it's it's really in, I love the signing because we honestly don't know how many games Raheem Mostert is going to play. He hasn't played an entire season in his in his, in his NFL career yet. So to bring on a veteran back and to get him for for beans, right? It, it's important to bring depth and versatility to this offense, and Sony Michelle could step right into the offense if uh, Mostert gets hurt and give you those hard yards.
0: Yeah, no, you're right, and that's something that I think people forget about is you can never have too many running backs. You can never have no. too much talent. Look, I'm just saying, if three running backs have worked out pretty well for Miami in the past, okay? Larry Zonka, Jim Kick, Mercury Morris. I'm just say- I'm not saying! No! I'm just saying. It's worked in the past. So, when you can have a combination of guys, again, like a, where you can have a Thunder and Lightning mix, that's huge. Because, like, not every team is built to run the ball with Derrick Henry, okay? I I get why Tennessee runs their offense the way they does. It's because they have a mountain of a man in Derrick Henry who can run it down your throat and stomp on your face while he's doing it. So that's a different story. But when you can build your offense around these dynamic players and you can pass out of the backfield or run in between the tackles, it's it's best-case scenario.
1: A fantasy football player's least favorite word is running back by committee. Yeah, they they hate running back That's by true. committee. But when you're talking about it in a team sense and what Mike McDaniel plans to do with these Dolphin running backs is he's going to ride the hot hand. He's going to give ma- the majority of, of of our running backs touches in different scenarios. And we'll see how it all plays out on the field. I, I do strongly believe that all of these guys have the ability to wear down the defense. This isn't like a Jordan Howard type signing. Oh, geez.
0: I, okay, so frustrating.
1: <laughs> I, I'm total. I'm excited about the running back room, and I don't think many of the uh, analysts outside of the league are too excited. They rank the Dolphins of, as having one of the lowest uh, running back rooms in the league. But I'm excited. You got yes. household names. You got experience in this offense. All of them do. All of them have a unique skill set and do a little bit of something different.
0: I can't wait to see how it all plays out with them. And don't forget Miles Gaskin too. Yeah. I mean, that, that's another
1: guy. <laughs> and, and and that's the thing that I was going to touch on, and I wanted your opinion of this, Diener. So looking at the rest of the running back room, uh, we also signed Alec Ingold, which mm. is is also important because Alec Ingold has lined up at fullback for the Raiders for the majority of his career. Now he comes over to Miami, and you saw the innovative ways that Mike McDaniel used Kyle Juszczyk. Right. Not only did they use him you know, as a, as a run blocker, but this guy was going upfield and, and catching, receiving touchdowns. It's true. And it, it should be interesting because fullbacks have a role in this offense, which is which fullbacks they're they're more of a diminished role in the NFL. But now you you could see Alec Ingold steal some goal line touches, which isn't great for fantasy players. But for you know he's Mike McDaniel's got to be licking his chops at the fact that he has a, a fullback and in Alec Ingold that can move.
0: Yeah, it's going to be tough with Dolphins from from a fantasy perspective. It's going to be tough, yeah. uh, a tough backfield to predict if you're trying yes. to you know pick Dolphins, running backs, you know. Yes. So it's going to be from week to week where Chase Edmonds might be the guy or Mostert or then all of a sudden you get a touchdown vulture in Ingold, and you're like, oh, come on, just give it to him. Just give it to Edmonds. Come on, you're on the one. So, But that's the versatility that this running back uh, field, this this running back room has. Yes. And the fullback, I love fullbacks. Can I just say, sure. I'm Michael Allstott was one of my favorite players. Oh, I used yeah. to love watching Mike Allstott. The guy was just an animal. And so I, I have a special place in my heart for fullbacks. They're so underused. And I'm glad McDaniel knows how to use a fullback because they serve a purpose, a big purpose,
1: if you can use them correctly. I, I love the Mike Allstott's, the Lorenzo Neal's, yeah. even going back to those 90s Cowboys team with uh, Daryl Moose Johnson.
0: Oh, yeah. Give me give me the big collar, the <laughs> shoulder pad collar.
1: You Come just, on. Yes. I mean, Ed, Emmett said it when he he in his Hall of Fame speech. There is no rushing record without Moose, and right. you should see a lot of versatility with with the uh, fullback position. But one of the things before we move on from running back, Diener, I wanted to ask you: Who is the odd man out in this running back room? You, you mentioned Miles Gaskin, who was a former seventh round pick, has had a a very good career for yeah. being a seventh round pick for the Miami Dolphins. But then you also drafted uh, Jared Doakes, who didn't. Um, have any games played last season? Uh Salvan Ahmed, and mm-hmm. another another uh, camp body from uh, South Carolina, who they picked up in un- uh, uh, as an undrafted player, was Z- Zaquandre De- uh, White mm. from South Carolina. Who who's really the odd man out of this this running back room? Do you do you expect the Dolphins to trade Miles Gaston, Ahmed? What what happens with the rest of these guys?
0: I don't see Ahmed sticking around. Um, he might be a cut during training camp or if they try to, you know, trade him for a seventh round pick, maybe. I don't know if they can, if they can do that, but I don't see him sticking around. I do think they probably end up trading Gaskin just because, look, look at the names that we mentioned, right? I mean, Sonny Michel, Mostert, Edmonds. Now, these guys have had their injury history as well, so I'm not saying that they're all going to be out there and playing, you know, 17 games and have amazing seasons, all of them. So... You know, you can never have enough backup and talent. If they keep Gaskin, I would love to see that. If they can keep four running backs, I think that's that's best case scenario for me. If you can keep those four running backs and Gaskin would be the fourth in my mind.
1: And they asked Gaskin about this, how do you feel about the Dolphins bringing in the, the running backs to this this room? And he says, "I I love the competition. I've been fighting for a spot my entire life. He was a 7th round pick. He still remains on the team as of this point. So, will Miami trade him? We'll we'll have to see." Look, and he had a great season last year. Well, great, really
0: good. You know, he, he made a name for himself. He, people started to know who he was. So, it's not like he was garbage by any means, but what was one of the biggest holes in for the Dolphins' offseason? It was it was running back. So yes. There was a reason. Another big hole that they filled, Mackey, was offensive line. I know you're very excited about this because we like the big uglies. Uh, we love them. We're all about the big <laughs> uglies. So. And, again, this is something that it gets talked about, but – it's not always on the forefront of people's minds. Why, Mr. wise Mackey, should Dolphins fans be excited about this revamped offensive line? Because
1: the big T-stead. Yeah. Taron uh, ter- Armstead is one of the, the top signings of, in free agency over a long time for the Miami Dolphins. Now you could solidify the left tackle position. I know it's not the blind side of Tua, but just to have that big body going against the team's top right defensive end or okay. you know, a series of linebackers that they throw at you having a veteran presence like Armstead is going to help out the entire offensive line. I was so stoked by this signing. And a little bit later you were able to sign more. Like we got Tyree kill and Cedric Wilson, but it all starts up front without the Armstead st- signing. And not only not, not to mention that, but we also got Connor Williams who was right. one of the top run blockers. Uh Well, both pass and run blocking with, Ah, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, who mm-hmm. has really helped out Ezekiel Elliott gain over a thousand yards over the last couple of seasons, kept Dak uh, Prescott's pocket safe. The one issue about Connor Williams um, that I will mention is that he he re- he had a lot of holding penalties for Dallas. So there was a point where Dallas had to bench him for a couple games, but then he got back into the starting lineup and was their starting guard in the playoffs. But if he could eliminate those penalties and just You know, listen to the veteran advice that's from, you know, guys like Armstead who uh, will be on that offensive line. I'm excited for not just the veteran talent, but the younger guys of this offensive line, Uh, the Dieters and Mm -hmm. the um, Austin Jacksons and uh, the Liam Eikenberg. I mean, Liam Eikenberg was a guy that was brought over as a fourth round pick from Notre Dame. and he was one of the the lower graded run, uh, run and pass blockers last season but having that veteran presence and those big bodies in there it could only help his growth
0: yeah and that's the thing it's it's got to be something where some of those names that you mentioned Austin Jackson Eichenberg, um guys like that there does still need to be improvement listen yeah. you know I'm, i don't have any illusions this is still an offensive line That needs to prove itself. I'm very excited about the additions, especially with Armstead. It was great to get Connor Williams in there as well. But this still is an offensive line that needs to come together and gel and give Tua more than literally two seconds to throw. Just one extra second. I mean, that's all it takes in the NFL. If you can give your quarterback three seconds, then sky's the limit. But if you're giving him 1.8, two seconds... There's not enough time for a play to develop. That's why, you know, the big criticism for two is, oh, he can only throw eight yards. Well, that's all the time he has. He can't let guys get more than eight yards because he's going to get destroyed. So if you can let some plays develop, it all starts right there up front. So there is hope. There is signs of improvement for this offensive line, but I still need to see it from guys
1: like Eichenberg, from Jackson, that they really can take that next step this season. And, not only that, but Austin Jackson was brought in as a first-round pick. He started right. off his his uh, career as, as a left tackle. Then they switched him over to guard, and now he's projected to start as the team's right tackle, which is a, a massive responsibility because you have to protect the blind side of right. Tua. Right. So we'll see how he's you know made upgrades in his career, and and we'll see how how it is this season for a guy like Austin Jackson. But a, another interesting move that the Dolphins made was. Connor Williams—they're uh, moving him from guard, and now he's projected to start center for the Miami yeah. Dolphins. And I don't know how I really feel about that. I'm not crazy about uh, taking a player that played guard his his whole career and then switching switching positions. We've seen over the years that this hasn't worked for for a multitude of Dolphin linemen, where they 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 draft him as a guard and then they switch him over to center or they switch him over to tackle. It doesn't always work. So, Diener, I wanted to get your thoughts about moving Connor Williams and him possibly replacing Michael Dieter as the team's starting center.
0: I'm going to hold out hope for it. I mean, it's not something that, you know, i like, oh, right, this is a great move. I'm right. hoping it turns out to be a great move. Me too. So, you know,
1: it's one of those things time will tell. And it's really what it comes down to. And one thing I give McDaniel credit for is surrounding this this team with offensive-minded and offensive-line coaches. Uh, yes, uh, Frank Smith and and uh, Mike Applebaum, they all come from an offensive mindset background, and that can only help these players moving forward.
0: Yes, no, exactly, and that's what they needed so badly. Aside from the players, they needed offensively competent coaches. Yes, who had an offensive philosophy and who actually you know know how to run an offensive system rather than oh whose turn is it to call a play? Uh, I don't know, do a five yard out. So just. You know, you need some type of philosophy. You need to have a real grasp on these things. And McDaniel has that, and he was able to bring in guys to surround himself with, you know, similar know-how and philosophies. So, look, there's a lot of reasons to be excited for this team. We haven't even mentioned the defense. We can do that another time. But we know the defense is pretty much where it needs to be. I'm just saying, man, I don't know if Sean Payton and Tom Brady could have done better. Oh, wait!
1: Those were rumors, oh. weren't they? Oh, oh, oh! Sean Payton and Tom Brady—what could have been, but never worked out. Oh man, we're we're about to get into it. What do we do with this? What, honestly, like I I have heard this stuff now for the
0: past—I don't know what—is it two months, maybe? Yeah. Where you're talking about these backdoor deals that were trying to get done to bring in Tom Brady, where he was going to be like a part owner. And play quarterback for a couple of years. And Tua would sit on the bench uh, behind Tom Brady while he played. And Sean Payton was going to be the coach. And they're offering Sean Payton $100 million to come coach the Dolphins. But, oh, well, it didn't happen. It didn't work out, you know, for all these different reasons. What are we supposed to make of this? Honestly,
1: like, it just sounds like a bunch of fluff to me. It does. And there's... I know CBS and multiple uh, multiple sources reported this. It was uh, the Sun Sentinel posted this last week that the Dolphins were ready to offer Peyton right. a five-year deal worth $100 million. It would have made him the highest paid coach of all time because of his yearly salary, which would have been 20 to $25 million. And I, I just think that that's an astronomical figure to give a head coach. 20 to $25 million, I know it's Stephen Ross's money, but I'm actually happy that the Dolphins are in the situation they're in because Mike McDaniel... And Tua, they have a, they have something that's in common. They're they both have a chip on their shoulder, yeah. and that could only help them moving forward. Because you're hearing the Dolphins over the last couple months bringing in possibly they could have brought in Tom Brady and Sean Payton, and that would have been the the top quarterback coaching uh, duo for the, for the Dolphins. But you know what? I'm I'm happy where things are, and I just think that at some point you got to remove all those outside distractions and just focus. On what is let's hear some good things about what mike mcdaniel is doing about the team let's that's let's not hear about the team uh you know the players and coaches that they could have brought in because i don't know about you deaner but i am super excited about what Mike McDaniel, his philosophy. Every time I hear this guy you know, talking to the media, he's just so well-versed, and he makes you think from a different perspective. Like, you know what? Maybe this guy could be what we've been looking for as, as Dolphin fans for a very long time.
0: I know he hasn't coached the game yet, but it does feel that way. And I, I'm with you where I think, you know what? I don't know to this day. I don't know what to make out of those rumors and those reports. I mean, I, I know... Dave Hyde from the Sun Sentinel and and different people were reporting that, and I I respect those reporters. I just still don't know what to make of the actual (laughs) speculation behind it. Whether or not it was actually close to happening, we'll never know. But I am happy on how things turned out. Now, it's hard to say that because we're talking about a hypothetical versus reality, but when I look at what we have right now, I'm happy at the situation because we have a future. We have... Two guys, a head coach who's young, like pretty much our age, and then you have a quarterback who's entering his third year. You're talking about two cornerstones of a franchise, a head coach and a quarterback, that are really starting to enter into their own. And now those are your guys. Like, I feel like the Dolphins are in a great position right now to move forward in the future with guys that can take you into the next 10 years rather than a coach who's literally just retired because he didn't want to coach anymore right now, or a quarterback who's just biding his time before he goes into the hall of fame. So I look, I know it's Tom Brady and Sean Payton It's the greatest quarterback of all time. And one of the best coaches in, you know, the modern era in the past 25 years or whatever and Sean Payton. But at the same time, I'm fine with having young guys there who can take this team into the future. I, I'm, I'm happy with the way it worked out.
1: I'm I'm happy to I I can understand why the rumors would come out like that because the Dolphins over the past 10 years more more than that have been giving offensive minded gurus you've been hearing all these things we talked about it last week about the Adam Gases and Joe Philbins and Cam Camerons and are we really going to give the reins to somebody that's that hasn't always called their own plays there's always there's always been a, a question mark but. I just want to be the the optimistic Dolphins fan and say, you know what, Mike McDaniel is is different is different from those guys because now this is the first time in a long time that he doesn't just have belief in Tua. He has belief in this entire roster, right? And we're we we've had one of the greatest off seasons. Well, what I've what we've dubbed as the greatest off season in team history. I think so. Now and now it just has to translate to the field,
0: and that's the main thing. You know, it's hard to say, oh well, I'm happy with the way it's worked out when. We haven't seen the, the, the on-field product yet, but I'm talking because I think the on-field product is going to be great, and I think it's going to be great for a long time. And now you have that foundation with yes. these guys, whereas I feel like you're just leasing for an opportunity for the next couple of years. You're going to put all, hundreds of million dollars on the table with the hopes of having some success in the next year or two, whereas now we have guys real pieces in place where we can build something, where we can build off of something, and look at long-term success. So I, again, it's hard. It's it's all hypothetical, but the way I see it, I like where the Dolphins are at right now.
1: Deener, let me ask you: Are you a poker guy? I am. I haven't played in a while, but I am. Well, let's just say we're both all in. Okay, pushing the chips in. Pushing. I'm, I'm pushing the chips right. in. You know, prove everybody wrong. This is what this season is about. It's about shutting up the naysayers, shutting up the critics, taking all these reports that you hear about the Sean Paytons and yes. the Tom Brady's and the Deshaun Watsons yes. and just throwing it out the door because it's time to focus on this team. Our time is now. And speaking of that,
0: and I, I think you're absolutely right because you, you bring up Deshaun Watson. There's another thing that I'm very happy didn't happen. You know, you know that I was never... For Never. bringing this guy in, especially for what was being reported that the Dolphins were going to give away as far as draft capital and what they're going to spend on him. So, I, you know, you and I always agreed on that. And I ranted about it all the time on my Dose of Diener segments on the actual, you know, Fox Sports 640 radio yes. station. Yep. Um, And so I, I'm i very happy that, again, we are where we are right now and that Deshaun Watson is over there in purgatory in Cleveland. Because, listen, you're talking about these reports that have come out. All of a sudden it went from 22 to 24 to 66. Like, no one knows what to believe. He's out there talking to reporters earlier this week in Cleveland saying, you know, he never forced anybody to do anything. I don't know if this guy's going to play. And if he does play, it's not going to be this year. I mean, look, maybe, maybe they make it all go away. I don't know. It's still only June. We have a couple months before the preseason. There's just... It's a complete mess. And to think that that wet noodle, Brian Flores, with no (laughs) personality, okay, Mr. Mr. Personality himself, Brian Flores, freaking wallpaper, that guy. (laughs) And then you have Stephen Ross, who, to his credit, is willing to spend the money where it needs to be spent, but way off base in trying to bring in Deshaun Watson, the only Saving grace from him was that he was not going to bring him in unless he had all signed from all the uh, accusers, basically saying, you know, they're going to settle and the case will be dropped. So at least Stephen Ross had that going for him, where he wasn't going to bring in Deshaun Watson unless that happened, which obviously it did not, thankfully. But the fact that these two guys, Flores and Ross, were working behind the scenes to do this just infuriates me. And in retrospect, I hope Stephen Ross is happy that it didn't work out. And maybe Brian Flores, you know, he can, you know, fake a smile and talk about it
1: sometime. I don't know. There's no winner in this Deshaun Watson case. Hmm. Let's all realize that there is no winner in this. Um, but it, it's, it, it would have been a catastrophic oh. mistake if we would have traded all those picks and all that value and all that equity Man. for a guy that is had been dealing with these demons and these things that he has been dealing with off, you know, off the field. And the dolphins have made so many historical mistakes for this franchise that I think this one, this one right here, if we pulled the trigger for a guy like Deshaun Watson, and I'm so happy that somebody convinced Steven Ross not to do this. I don't know if it was the lawyers or, you know, Whoever it was, the Dolphins brass that says Steven, you you got to you got to lay back a little bit because we have we have something good right now. Uh, we're we're building for the future, but and we're building for the present right now. But to bring on a guy like Deshaun Watson, that would have been a catastrophic mistake and the biggest one in team history. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I mean, it's just
0: <laughs> it really is something to think about. What would have been if they had this guy in there? And then two was gone. And then it's, man, I'm just happy it did not work out because, again, maybe Deshaun Watson is going to be great. Maybe he's going to come out there and he's going to play his entire rest of his career in Cleveland and win four Super Bowls. I don't know. All I know is right now it does not look good. And I'm really, really happy that the Dolphins are not dealing with this garbage with this guy. So, thankfully it did not go the way that stupid Brian Flores wanted it to go. Because all Brian Flores was too busy trashing Tua all the time and having zero confidence in him in public. Isn't it amazing how happy Tua is now with, with Mike McDaniel there? He's like a different corner. He's a different
1: person. He's so much more loose. He's he's said it multiple times. that This is the most fun he's, he's ever had as a football player. And he's played the game since a young kid. His dad pressured him. Nick Saban pressured him. Brian Flores pressured him. And now... He gets to breathe, and, right. and what better what better situation could he have found himself with a team that, and and players that that finally believe in in him. But isn't that with nice? Deshaun, with it, it's it's be, it's a beautiful thing. Um, but with Deshaun Watson, it it just I, I, sometimes you have to just remove f- uh, football out of the e- equation. Is this a, a person that you want on your team at the end of the day? Right. Right. Is this the is this the kind? And I, I understand that there are players that have gone through you know previous allegations and uh, you know that had a, received jail time and all these things. But as the leader of your franchise, hearing about all these things that are happening, I don't think this is such a Browns thing to happen. It this is. is such a Cleveland Browns it's thing. I know the Dolphins. I, I, <laughs> I know the Dolphins have been through some you know head scratching things over the last couple of years, but. The Browns, this is such a Cleveland Browns move that they, not only did they pretty much go all in for Deshaun Watson, they have a situation with Baker Mayfield right now, and the guy right. doesn't want to show up for, for camp, and you can't blame him.
0: No, I don't blame him. I mean, why why would you? They have pretty much shown to your face that they don't want you and that they don't think that you're good enough. So, why? I mean, I, I'm with them. Put, put me somewhere else then. I mean, it's a slap in the face to him what, what they've done. So, all right, enough of that. Now, well, how about we get to a quarterback before we get to the pick six, because that is coming up here as we approach the end of the podcast for today. Let's get to a quarterback that everybody can love and appreciate that you and I are big fans of. Mr. Ryan Fitzpatrick himself. <laughs> Fitzpatrick is saying goodbye to the game of football. He's retiring after 34 years at quarterback in the NFL, <laughs> played for all oh. 30, played for all 32 teams. <laughs> I think he actually lined up against Lawrence Taylor at one point. So this is a guy who's around for a long time. This is what we're getting at. But all kidding aside, I mean, what a career for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, you know, he announced uh, earlier last week that he's hanging it up. He's done after playing all these years in the NFL for multiple teams. He's uh, deciding to move on into the pasture with his 12 children.
1: It's it's. It's it's not too often that a guy that was a seventh round pick that went to the University of Harvard. Yeah, he went to Harvard. Yeah, can turn out you know a, a, the career that he had and have over thirty five thousand passing yards in his career. That yeah. that's magical for a seventh round pick, a pick that there's no a, a guy that there's where there's no guarantee to make any roster yet. Right. There were so many franchises that that gave him a chance, and one thing that I'm proud of as a Dolphins fan is that when he was a member of the dolphins he said that was the most fun he's had playing football yeah that's right yes and, and i actually grew out my beard because of ryan fitzpatrick yeah. so it, it it started because you know what i got to yeah. fully buy into this guy i don't know how much time he's got left on an nfl field <laughs> why don't why don't i buy in he's a ryan just like i'm a ryan that's but right he made he made football fun down in south florida he made football fun again and and i say that because for the for the previous you know draft picks that we've had and and quarterbacks that we've brought into this team. I feel like Ryan Fitzpatrick has shown the most heart in a long time, maybe since like the Jay Fiedler, Dan Marino days. And and I'm not trying to compare the two, but Fiedler there's one thing that that guy had and that was heart. But I I put, I put Ryan Fitzpatrick up there because he might not have had all, all the, the tools, but he was just a good dude, a good veteran presence to have in that locker room and really came at a time where he carried himself in in a really respectful manner even grooming to over you know over the way right and and even though there was a little bit of fallout when they finally decided to bench Ryan Fitzpatrick he he went off air and he says oh you know I wasn't really ready to be sat down mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to accept that as a journeyman and we needed to see what we had at that point uh, from Tua. But I, I feel like the way that Fitzpatrick has carried himself, the people, there, there are critics that say, I don't understand the obsession with Ryan Fitzpatrick. At the end of the day, he was just a good dude that showed heart for a franchise that hasn't shown, you know, has has ha- hasn't had many successes at drafting that position. But you get a guy like Fitz. And I mean, it makes you forget about the the Jay Cutler's and poor oh, signings over the years. Jeez. <laughs> Jay Cutler
0: was smoking cigarettes on the sideline. Good Lord. (laughs) No, but you're right. And and so that's that's our ode to Ryan Fitzpatrick. And it was a lot of fun. And, you know, look, there was some QB controversy and everything. It was to his rookie year. Um, But, look, the fact of the matter is he was pretty much a stand-up guy and he helped the team win games. I mean, two things I'll never forget from him is, number one, that final game against New England where they won at New England and knocked them out of the bye week. That was beautiful. And then... Uh, of course, to throw against the Raiders as his face is getting turned sideways,
1: sideways and basically Mac making Holland, a Mac, blind throw. Mac Hollins down the sideline. Down line. the yep. sideline. And a game that, that was, they
0: end up winning against the Raiders. So
1: That's right. right. Was, An unforgettable moment to keep that playoff uh, run going. That's right. Trying to crack the playoffs. And then Miles, uh, uh, Sanders, Jason Sanders lines up for that 56-yard kick, but... Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he even got a retweet from Patrick Mahomes. He goes, "That might have been the greatest no look pass in NFL yeah, history." Yeah,
0: exactly. So there you go. So some good memories with Ryan Fitzpatrick, even though he wasn't here very long in Miami. We do yep. appreciate we appreciate you, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and your service. One quick question before we get to the pick six and finish things off: Is he a Hall of Famer? Does Ryan Fitzpatrick go to the Hall of Fame? And if he
1: does, who's which hat does he wear? <laughs> Oof, no, I don't. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, it's he, just because uh, for, of the stats. Because as a seventh round journeyman, I think he goes into the maybe seventh round late pick Hall All of right, Fame, but okay. I don't think he'll crack the Hall of Fame yeah. as a player, un- unfortunately. All right, fair
0: enough. All right, you ready, Mackie? I'm ready. Let's do. Okay, so if you're unfamiliar, this was called the two minute warning, and because you know it's kind of the end of the show, it's quick. It's kind of like a fast paced thing that we do where Mackie kind of poses some questions to me. And it's just, you know, we knock him out in a couple minutes. So, hey, two-minute warning, it's football. But what about if we called it pick six? So, mid-show, mid-stream here, we are changing the name of this segment. (laughs) It is now the pick six because basically you have six questions for me that you're going to throw out. And I'm going to try to answer as quickly and succinctly as I can without being the blowhard gas bag that I am born ready so let's get it all right well first well hold on we gotta hit the music first you know i got i gotta have my music i can't answer without the music oh of course all right here it gets it
1: gets the people going that's right (laughs) (laughs) here we go there all right so last so last week you said the dolphins won't have a thousand yard rusher but receiver so Mm -hmm. we'll start off with a running back question which running back will lead the team in rushing in 2022
0: Ooh, I say Chase Edmonds leads the team in rushing. Most will lead the team in receiving yards or running back.
1: Will Jalen Waddle have over or under 100 catches?
0: I'm going over. I think what he had 117. I think it was was the number. 117, 118 in his rookie year broke Anquan Bolden's rookie record. I'm going over because he's going to be the second option and he's going to get a lot
1: of looks, even more than last year. So yes, over 100 for Jalen Waddle. Book it. With Hunter Long likely to play more snaps this season, and Mike, will Mike, excuse me, Mike Gesicki be a Dolphin in 2023?
0: Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna say yes, and I really hope they can make the cap room for him because look, you, you tagged the guy, and you kept him like you should have. So I'm gonna say yes, more out of hope than
1: anything that they don't let Mike Gesicki go. I'm with you. Okay. Xavier Howard will finish the year with how many interceptions? Ooh, I like that. I'm gonna say eight.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna put him at eight. So one interception every two games. And I, that's on the low side. Like it could be 10 or 11. I'm gonna go ahead and say eight. Blank will oh. lead the team in sacks this season. Jalen Phillips. It has to be. I mean, I know, look, there's a lot of this. There's Agba, there's Wilkins. I mean, there's a lot of good options on this team. The guys that can get to the quarterback, but I think Jalen Phillips is basically the second coming of Jason Taylor. I mean, this kid is going to be so good, and I really—he's gotten bigger, he's improving this off-season. So, and he's the you baby, the you, the
1: so, you. Throw it up, baby.
0: Yeah, let's go. So Jalen Phillips leads, right, leads the team in sacks.
1: Brace yourself, this is the last one of the pick six. Oh no, this one you've been telling me is going to get me annoyed. All right, if Tua tanks. Who would you want as the Dolphins' starting quarterback in 2023? Why do you Tom, put, Bra- no, T- no, Tom Brady, no. Lamar Jackson, or another draft pick?
0: Why do you even put these thoughts in my head, Mackie? Why? <laughs> what is it? What kind <laughs> of hypothetical is it? You take my quarterback, that's my quarterback. And I'm wearing a Tua jersey right. right now. No, but not, <laughs> so, all right. Fair question, even though I don't see him taking it at all, at all. Uh, fair question for a hypothetical. Who would I want to see be the quarterback? I mean, I, how can you not choose Tom Brady? Even if it's, if it's just for a year, I mean, bring him in. If, if Tua just completely tanks and he's garbage for whatever reason, and not hypothetical, you're making me say these things. You're hurting my feelings. But I would say Tom Brady in that case.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, I, I knew you'd be mad at that one, yes. but that's it for the pick six. All right, that's it. There goes the music. There goes the pick six. I'm running the other way with the football, Then I'm <laughs> handing it to Tua as I run by. <laughs> so. Oh, Mr. Mackey, this is always fun. I can't wait until we get to some games, even some training camp at this point. Let me just see some pads. Let me see some action. But it's going to come soon enough.
1: Oh, yeah. Nothing better than pads cracking. And, Diener, it's it's always a pleasure to uh, share the field with you. Yes, sir. Exactly. In between the... uh the lines, I guess you
0: could say. So, until next time here on No Name Defense Miami Dolphins podcast, it's Dina right here, it's Ryan Mackey over there. We'll do it all again next week with all the latest news and notes and speculation and arguments from the Miami Dolphins. We'll talk to you later.